0: everyone. It's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life, and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 120, what it really takes to run a seven-figure business. So today's episode is not meant to be negative. It's not meant to scare you, but it is meant to tell you the truth. And so what I'm going to reveal, it might shock you because a lot of people think that once you hit that million dollar level, it is smooth sailing. And honestly, that could not be further from the truth. (laughs) And I want to point out first and foremost that I absolutely love what I do. I love running this company. But that doesn't mean that things are easy. That doesn't mean that everything goes as planned. That doesn't mean that I don't have my own very challenging days to deal with. And on the flip side, of course, if we think about the law of polarity, if we think about everything being on a spectrum, with all of the challenges, there is so much good. And so the good far outweighs the negative, far outweighs the challenges. But I just wanted to highlight today the reality of what it actually takes. And like I said, just give you a glimpse into what it looks like to run a business at this level, and more importantly, the person you need to become and how you need to show up in order to execute successfully day after day. So I want this to inspire you. I want this to be a reality check. I want this to be the episode where you're like, you know what, maybe six figures is better for me, or maybe seven figures is the right space for me, or yes, I could totally make it happen. I just need to grow a little bit. I need to, I need to expand. Okay. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the content and give you that glimpse behind the scenes. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business. And much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to IHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the iHeartMyLife My Life Mastermind. All right, so let's totally do this. So, when I first started I Heart My Life, my goal was to hit six figures. I wanted to do that before my 30th birthday. So, let's just take it back to July 2014. I made $442 that month. Um, But within the six month period between July and December, Is that right? July, August, September, October, November, December. Okay, I can count. That's good. I was able to create that six figures in my business. And that was a huge surprise to me because my 30th birthday was not for another 10 months after that until October 2015. And so I ended up reaching my goals much quicker than I had expected. And similarly, in order to hit that seven-figure level, I moved full speed ahead. I actually hired a coach to help me get to that seven-figure level, and I actually did that within my first 18 months of building the business. Now, everyone who comes to me, most people do know that story, and it's one of the things that attracts them to I Heart My Life and and working with myself and my team, but I'm always really cautious to share that story with people, and the reason is that although it was incredible to experience that, although I'm super proud of myself, all the effort I put in to reach that level, everything that it really took to get to that point, um, I feel like, of course I earned it, I deserved it, all of that, I'm worthy of it. But at the same time, when things happen very quickly like that, sometimes you're not actually prepared to handle everything that's to come. So I know that there are a lot of people out there who are like, you know what? I don't care. Just give me seven figures. I wanna, I wanna get to that level. I'll figure it out. So on and so forth. And of course you can figure it out. But today I wanted to share some of the behind the scenes around what it actually takes to become the person who runs a seven-figure company because the person I was when I reached that goal is very different to who I am today. And in order to get to that level of success, you have to be a certain personality type, you have to put in a certain amount of effort, but in order to stay at that level, it's a whole different ballgame. So oftentimes people will say it's easy to become successful, but it's more challenging to stay successful. And that's what we're talking about here today. So I really wanted to dive deep into what it takes to run a seven-figure business, not just make seven figures, because honestly, it's not that hard. It's just a numbers game. It's just taking action. It's just showing up. But when it ta- when it comes to running a seven-figure business and what we're doing now, scaling to multiple millions, that is, is like I said, a whole different ballgame. So let's go ahead and dive in. I've actually laid out um, six different components of what it actually takes to run a seven-figure business with you here today. And I want to run through all of those. And these pertain to me as the owner of the company. It's not about the behind the scenes and the processes. I really wanted to talk about who you have to become to run that seven-figure business and the mindset shifts that are needed as you go to that level um, so I think for those of you who are already at six figures, those of you who are at multiple six figures, maybe even seven figures looking to scale, you'll really resonate with this. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at these. So the first one is, is your role is going to have to adapt. So when I first started, I hurt my life. I was the coach. I was the marketer. I was the financial planner. I was the designer. I was all of the things and I think in the beginning before you're hiring somebody, that's kind of the reality. And it's really such a blessing that now in this world where we're at today, we're able to start companies online and everything's at our fingertips. Everything is possible for us. And it's you can start something as that, that one woman show, but that doesn't mean that you continue on down that path as that person. And so I've, I've shared very openly that I was somebody who waited far too long to hire And in particular, this year, that's been one of our major focuses. So, at the time that I'm recording this, we have about 12 people on our team, which is crazy to me to be able to say that out loud. And then we have other people who, you know, come in for projects and are more temporary. But our core team has grown so massively just in the last six months. And part of me is just like kicking myself because I wish that I would have done that sooner. But what happened this year is is I'm literally transforming and adapting my role. I'm no longer the only coach on our team. I'm no longer the only decision maker on the team. And part of that is so incredible because that means I get to be in my own zone of genius. But it also means on the flip side that I'm adapting, I'm learning, I'm actually transforming. Like it's like that phrase of you build the plane as you're flying it. Like that's essentially what's happening. And so I'm having to step into this role as a leader versus the person behind the scenes doing all the stuff, being the coach. And I'm actually having to focus more on my team not more I should say but just as much effort on my team and building the team and those relationships as I do on working with clients and I'm not able to work with as many clients. So in the beginning when I was you know going from that six figures to seven figures for the first time there was a point in time where I had 27 one-on-one clients and I was running two group programs and that was all me. I was doing all the coaching. James came in and he did some of the additional support in the group programs but we didn't have what we have today, which is me, and then we literally have um, six or seven other coaches within our programs. And so that's a huge shift. And so when you think about yourself as the head of this this company that you're running, you're wearing a lot of different hats. And ultimately, as you grow and there's people under you, you become that leader, and that becomes your most important hat And I'll be the first to admit, I am still a major work in progress when it comes to collaborating with people and knowing how to speak openly with our team and knowing how to build relationships with the team and, uh, you know, be kind and caring, but also be the boss and and be the person who has to put her foot down you know, when it's necessary. And that's an interesting balance. And I don't know that anyone really grows up knowing how to do that. It's something that, of course, some people have innate skills at, but it's something that requires um, practice. And I remember growing up, and I was always somebody who played a lot of sports. I was always somebody who... Um, yeah, I was just always a part of teams in some capacity. And I remember one of my friends, dads, his name was Dr. Shields. I'll just give him a shout out because he was so amazing. He's actually somebody as a sidebar. He's somebody who gave me a job um when I was in the midst of my quarter life crisis, working at this hospital. He was this incredible uh, head of radiology at um, Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And unfortunately, He died a few years ago of cancer. And um, anyway, I was uh, on a basketball team with his daughter. We played volleyball together, all the sports. And so we saw him quite often. And he always said to me, you know, you're such an incredible leader. And this was when I was 10, 12, 13 years old. And I never really understood what he meant by that. Of course, you know, my dad always talked about leadership, he ran companies, but I didn't understand what I was doing as a leader. And so looking back to that period of time, I I do feel like I've had some, you know, uh, experience in leadership, and I do have some natural tendencies towards leadership, leadership. But I've never really dissected what that is or focused on growing that muscle further. And so this year in particular, it's been incredibly challenging to step into those shoes and understand what it actually takes to become that leader and to really put an effort towards growing our team. Um, And so some of the things in particular that I've learned is just about really trusting the team and not worrying if things are done perfectly and recognizing that, you know, frankly, if mistakes are made, they will probably learn much quicker that they shouldn't do that thing or that it needs to be changed versus me just telling them. So just like a baby learning to walk, right? Like it's going to have to fumble a bit and things, it might not get there as quick as it would if you were carrying it or you were pushing it in the stroller. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be allowed to learn how to walk on its own. And so learning to remove myself from the everyday stuff and the day-to-day and, you know, every single client interaction, that's been really challenging because I built this thing from the ground up. It's my baby. And so to have to now become the leader and and, and do things differently, um, that's been a challenge. And so, yeah, that's the first the first component of this episode I wanted to talk about. The next component is stop doing all the things. Now, I kind of already touched on that, but I want to highlight it even more. When I started out, like I said, I was wearing all the hats, and so now I know that that's not the thing that's actually going to grow the business, and I had to get really serious with myself and ask myself, number one, and this actually happened a few years ago, number one, do I need to be the coach in every single program, and should I actually be the coach in every single program? And the answer was no, because there were a lot of other incredible people who could do what it was that I was doing. So for example, we have lead strategists in our mastermind. We have someone who's an accountability coach. We have someone who's a PR coach, someone who's an event planning coach. We have our director of operations in there and our head of marketing. And all these people are so gifted and skilled at what it is that they do. And so I had to stop making this business about me and about my expertise and recognize that that was actually stunting the growth of our company. And it was so important for me to take a look at the things that I didn't need to be doing on a regular basis. And coaching is just one example, um, but of course, design, of course, you know, even commenting in Facebook groups and all of those things, and. I want to do all of those things. Of course I do. But when you ask yourself, like, what is in service of the vision of the company, me doing all the things, it doesn't equal growth. In fact, it equals the complete opposite of growth. It means that the company won't be able to expand. And so regardless of where you're at in your business, I would take a look at what you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. So I actually have this little task in my Asana um, software, our, that's our project planning software. And I, it says removing Emily. And that sounds really dramatic when you think about it, removing Emily. But all that means to me is, is I get, uh, I have a place where I write down little notes of things that I shouldn't be doing. And it's just important that you check in with yourself on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and just ask yourself, should I be doing this? Or could somebody else be doing this? And one of the, um, incredible uh, mentors I've had the pleasure of learning from is Mel Abraham. And he's somebody who often teaches at Brendan Burchard's um, events. He did this little grid on screen at one of the High Performance Academy events. And he was talking about the different boxes that the tasks that you're doing fall under. Some of them are the $100 an hour tasks. Some are the $1,000 an hour tasks. Some are the 10000 and so on and so forth. And so you have to really ask yourself, how much is your time actually worth? And if you're spending tons of time doing the $50 an hour jobs that somebody else could be doing, well, your company is not going to grow. You're not going to expand. You're not going to be able to reach more people. And so I had to really come to terms with that. One of the things I absolutely love doing is the design and the web stuff and really, you know, getting clear on the brand and and what we're putting out into the world. And then I had to be completely honest with myself and be like, you know what? this is not worth my time. This is not the ten thousand dollar an hour stuff that I should be doing. And so we need to start delegating. We need to be removing me from this and so on and so forth. So it can be really painful because ultimately what we're talking about here is you transforming and becoming a different person and going to that next level. and with every growth spurt, there are growing pains, and it's it's not easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's really not, especially when there are certain things that you still love doing, but you know are not worth your time anymore. Um, so that's number two. Number three, again, all of these pertain to one another, is make decisions for the good of now and the good of the company in the future. So this is something that I think a lot of business owners struggle with, it's basically like we have one foot in the present moment, but we also have one foot in the future. That's the way I like to think about it. And we're always like that. It's like we're always, you know, at this, this stance with with our, our, our legs kind of spread out and one foot planted to the left and one foot planted to the right. And it can be a very powerful stance if you do it well. Um, but it's something that I know a lot of people are challenged by. And so what I had to really get good at is understand, you know, are the decisions we're making right now, whether it's marketing, whether it's the programs we're putting out into the world, whether it's a decision about a client, is that the best decision for now, as well as for the good of the company? And of course, there are some decisions that really only pertain to right now and aren't going to have a huge ripple effect. But I do believe that every single thing, if you play the whole tape through, it does have some sort of impact on the future of the company. And so I'll just give you a tangible example. For us right now in our company, we've really shifted the model so that it's about a company. It's not the Emily show. Um, It's not just about me. It's not just about James. We have other people on our team who we're starting to highlight. We have lots of coaches. We have other people who bring tons of value to our community and just have so much to say and so much to give to the world. And so we're starting to shift the focus away from a personal brand. You'll hear more about this in other episodes that are coming up, Um, but that's just one example. I realized that for the good of the company, it could not just be focused on me anymore. And honestly, that was not something I, um, that was not a decision that I made overnight That was a long-term decision. It's been something we've been putting in place for a while now. We started, like I said, to have more coaches in our program a few years ago, in our programs a few years ago, and have built on that and recognize that it's not just about me. I'm not the only one with this expertise. Um, But that was not an easy decision. That was a scary thing to think about pivoting. And we're still, honestly, in the midst of the pivot (laughs) and figuring out, you know, how do we really showcase this as a company versus all about Emily. And I will still have my own personal brand, um, and that's actually in the works, but I Heart My Life is a company. It's a movement. It's not just about me and my story. And I really realized that if I make it all about me, that's actually stunting the growth of our company because it's so much bigger than that. And so it's important when you're looking to make a decision, you have to ask yourself, how is this going to affect me now and the company now, in the present moment, as well as in the future? So I always ask myself, what is in service to the vision of the company? And that, obviously, you need to know where the company is going. You need to know what the mission is. You need to know what you're going to be marketing in the next year and all the different phases that might be coming up down the pipeline. And we know all of that. I have the big picture vision in mind. And trust me, it's huge. And it's going to require a lot of people, a lot more than than what we currently have. And so when you have that clarity on the vision, it's easy to make those decisions now. And of course, I don't have a crystal ball. And so that's where my intuition comes into play. That's where it's amazing to have team members who I can bounce ideas off of. We have a whole leadership team of our company now. And so there are people who you know, are at the core of all of those decision-making moments. So I'm not saying you need to do it alone. Um, but I am saying that you want to check in with yourself and ask yourself, what is, what is the long-term vision of this company? And what is this decision going to, how is this decision going to affect it? And I think so often we are looking for... And I'm totally guilty of it as well. We're looking for those quick fixes. We're looking for those things that are really going to um, result in an immediate effect or an immediate uh, cash injection, or we are going to, sometimes we make a decision to send out an email or launch a program and we forget to look at the domino effect. So I highly recommend that again, you have that one foot in the present moment, as well as the one foot in the future. All right, the next one is knowing when to input your emotion and when to remove it. So I'm a very emotional person. I am somebody who gets emotionally involved with her, with her clients, <laughs> whether I should or not. I care a lot about my clients. And at the same time, sometimes as it pertains to the question we just answered, you know, knowing when something is in service to the future of the company, that means taking emotion out of decision making. And I think so often for women that's a challenge. Emotion is such a part of what we do. And and obviously it is that I hurt my life. The name, the word heart is in the company name, for goodness sakes. But there are times where you have to understand that it's business and it's not a personal thing. So for example, when it comes to contracts or it comes to payments or money, or even, you know, when people write in and are complaining about something. You have to know when it's time for emotion and intuition and all of that versus, you know what, this is just like we need to make an intellectual decision here and we have a policy for a reason. We we have these terms and conditions for a reason and it truly is just black and white. Now, that's just one example. But I think it's important for you to start to differentiate when to put emotion into your company and into your decisions and when it's not actually time for you to input that emotion. And it's about being intellectual, deciding from that vantage point what's best for the company. And honestly, this is something, again, where I don't do this on my own. One of the most amazing resources on our team is my husband, James, and he has the ability... To be super kind, super heart centered, super caring, but also like recognize what is best for the company and take emotion out of it. And so maybe you have somebody on your team or in your life who's a great sounding board for that as well. Sometimes I'll even tell my team, you know what, I'm too close to this situation. You guys make a decision and I totally back you um, regardless of what that decision is. And sometimes that's just the reality. We as business owners are often so close to what it is that we're doing and to our clients and to to everything that's happening. And so you have to ask yourself, do you need that right-hand person? Do you need somebody to help you with decision making? Decision making. Do you need to take a day or two and not make any rash emotional decisions? Right? So we need to really have this, this element of self-awareness to know how we're making decisions in the present moment. How is that hurting us? How is it holding us back? So on and so forth. And what do we need to transform so that we are taking the emotion out of it when that is necessary? Uh, next point I wanted to make is be willing to pivot. Now, at the time that I'm recording this, we are still in the midst of COVID-19. This year has been one of the most incredible pivots of my life <laughs> in many ways, not just because of COVID, but like I said, there's been a lot of challenges and changes in our company too um, that are that are definitely moving us in the right direction, but they've been hard to go through. And so we've had to pivot, whether it's what we're launching, what we're creating, the type of messaging, you know, turning off Facebook ads, certain decisions that we never thought that we would make or have to make in the moment. I have team members who may have to be homeschooling their children coming up in the fall. And so you know, what does that mean for our company? What does that mean for the decisions that we're making? We've had to cancel live events and turn them virtual. And It's been really amazing to see how some of these pivots have actually opened up a lot of doors and opened up opportunities and helped us do things that we never thought we would necessarily do, or at least weren't planning to do this year. So for example, events. So back in March, we had planned to have our mastermind retreat in California, and we were so excited about it. We had the house booked, everything was ready to go. People had purchased tickets and then, obviously, COVID hit, and we realized that we weren't willing to risk our health or our clients' health and uh, have everyone fly out and meet in person. And so we turned it into a virtual event. Same with some of the virtual events we've been doing um, throughout the year. We've done our iHeartMoney event. We've done our iHeartGrowth event. And honestly, these things have become new staples of our company. And if it hadn't been for COVID-19, I don't know that we would have done an iHeartMoney virtual event. <laughs> And now it's one of the things I'm most proud of. And now for our next retreat coming up with our mastermind, we're able to get even better speakers because there are people who maybe couldn't have flown to California to speak to our clients. And now they're able to show up virtually. And so anyway, you have to be willing to make those pivots and to look at the opportunities that are coming from you making a different decision. And I think when people hear pivot, they think, "Oh, this is going to be challenging. This is not going to be a good thing. This is going to be stressful." And of course, sometimes it is. But I believe that it ultimately leads to a greater good, and there's a reason why it's happening. And so you have to know when it's time to, you know, stick it out and to stay the course versus now it's time to change it up. Now it's time to make a different decision. And that's part of running a company. That's part of. Being connected to your intuition as well as trusting yourself. Now I could do a whole episode on trust and I'm sure maybe I've already done it. I honestly, at this point, we've done so many episodes. Sometimes they all, they all roll together and I forget what was a podcast episode and what was a webinar. But anyway, I could do a whole section of this on, on trust, but I see this as a big issue with business owners, this lack of trust within yourself. And you're going to make mistakes. Things aren't always going to be easy. But you have to be willing to to mess up, to fall down, to get back up. And of course, to know when it's time to pivot and when it's time to stay the path. And sometimes, you know, actually I shouldn't even say sometimes. Most of the time, things do take longer than you expect. And so there will be that tendency to want to change things up and to want to throw in the towel. And so you have to be able to differentiate between those moments where it's time to throw in the towel and pivot versus stay the course. And that's really where that guidance comes into play. So maybe you have team members who are great sounding boards for you. That's also the moment where you have to decide, is this, is this a time to insert emotion into this decision or do I wanna remove the emotion, look at this from the outside looking in and make a decision from that place. So for example, one of the things I often do with myself when I'm faced with a challenging decision Is say, you know, if I were my own coach, what would I say to me right now? And that often helps me to remove emotion and to look at this through a different set of lenses. And most of the time, what happens is I realize I'm being too hard on myself. I realize, you know what, we've actually done a really great job. It's just gonna take more time. So I need to keep moving forward. Or I realize, you know what, Emily, it's time to pivot or it's time to um, change directions or Emily, you're not actually connected to what it is that you actually want. So the quicker you can be the coach of yourself and look at yourself from the outside in, the easier it will be to make decisions and to make decisions that are right for you as well as for the good of your company final point here, and I know that you guys aren't going to like this. <laughs> uh, what, In terms of what it takes to run that seven-figure business, it does require you to be willing to step in and work extra hours. So we, when you have team, it's incredible because the work is delegated and there are people doing incredible things for you. There are people that are taking things off your plate, but that doesn't mean that it's always smooth sailing. That doesn't mean that There won't be challenges like COVID when now your whole team, who basically all have children, have extra responsibility at home. And so there's some stuff that doesn't get done and you have to step in and get your hands dirty. And honestly, this is not just a requirement for the CEO of a company. This is a requirement for every person on my team. So one of the core things that we look for when we hire is, is this person willing to go above and beyond to get their hands dirty, to go, um, yeah, to just do things that they wouldn't necessarily have written on a job description for the good of the company. And I can honestly say every single person on our team is of that nature. They are willing and ready to go above and beyond. They will step in and get their hands dirty. They will do things that they didn't necessarily think they were going to do when they started that aren't necessarily on their job description for the good of the company. And so this is not about promoting burnout. This is not uh, about scaring you. But I want you to understand that I have so much taken off of my plate at this point, which is amazing. But there are still a lot of things to do. And there are other things that now are part of my role that weren't previously. So like I said, now having meetings with the team, being in support of the team, figuring out how I delegate be- better, fi- figuring out new processes, you know, doing more creation. There's certain visibility things that we're doing now that we weren't doing previously because my time has been freed up. So just because you're delegating, just because you're growing your team, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be working less. Now, I will say, I'm not going to go deep into this right now, but I did recently take a whole week off work which is it's the first time I've done that completely um, in six years. And although I've taken vacations, I always checked in and, and just made sure everything was running smoothly. But we finally got to the point where I felt like I could completely disconnect and not even need to check in. That was a huge turning point, right? And so you will get to that place and it will be amazing. But that doesn't mean that I'm just sitting on a beach sipping margaritas, even at this level. And so you have to be willing to step in, say a team member gets sick, say something happens to a team member's child, say you, you know, when you hire somebody that actually creates more work for a while, because you're training them, you're getting them used to the company, you're creating more systems, you're recognizing where you don't necessarily have your processes (laughs) in place. And so we have to figure those out and, and, and work quickly to do so. So there's a lot that happens behind the scenes when it comes to growth that you don't necessarily see. So I highly recommend as you're going to that seven figure level and beyond that you are really still committed to the vision, you're committed to what it is that you're creating here and I think that's that's truly what it's all about. If you are committed to the vision and you have this beautiful company in mind and this movement that you're you're building and you know that it's your life, your life's purpose, you know that it's what you wanna do, then all of the desire that you have for that work, that will fuel you, even in the most challenging times, even when you have all those growing pains. I know I've shared this a million times, but I remember when my sister was younger, she was growing very quickly. She's now six foot tall. And there was a period of time where she would literally cry herself to sleep because her legs hurt so bad because she was growing so fast. And so- you have to recognize when we're when you're experiencing those growing pains, yes, it's challenging, but it's also for the good of the company. It's for the good of you. It's you becoming into that next level leader who you were born to be. And rely on other people. Ask other people for support you know, be vulnerable. And that's one of the things I should probably add this to this list that I've had to definitely learn as a leader is that vulnerability is okay. And I can look at my team as a family and they've got my back. Like they want the best for this company. And I think so often we feel like we're alone, especially when we're starting out alone. And it's hard to transition into that, that deep level of trust when it comes to the people around you, the people who are there, who got your, who have your back. Um, And so- Anyway, where was I going with that? So I just want to point that out, that that it is a transition. And of course, there are going to be growing pains. And um, at the same time, when you keep that desire in mind, you're going to be able to move through anything that life throws at you. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that you found that interesting and that it's given you some food for thought. Hopefully, I haven't scared you off from wanting to run a seven-figure business. (laughs) But I also want you to be real with yourself. I think so often people see what I've done or what other entrepreneurs are doing. And they think that they want that too. And I want you to be really real about whether you want to be the owner of a seven figure business. Do you want to have a team under you? Do you want to have thousands of clients who um, are going through your programs? Do you want to You know, all the things, really think about it for yourself, because I would hate for you to be focused on a goal that you don't actually desire. Because honestly, a six-figure business is amazing. A multiple six-figure business is also incredible. So you get to decide what it is that you actually want for yourself and your life. And please do be truthful with yourself. Like I said, I I hate seeing people going for goals just because they see other people doing it. Um, And I wanted to give you a bit of a behind the scenes of what it truly does take. And we often ask our clients this, like, you say you want a seven-figure business, but what if we put our company in your lap? How would you handle that? Would you be able to handle that? And so remember, we're, we're all gifted our own experience. We're gifted challenges. We're gifted moments where we start to transform and become stronger because that prepares us for the next level. So really focus on the level you're at and know that that growth is on its way. There's just some, there's certain things that are setting you up for that next level. Um, and you'll totally get there. Just keep moving forward one step at a time. All right. I look forward to talking to you soon. I hope you love today's episode. I'm always happy to share the behind the scenes of what's coming up for me, as well as our company. We truly are an open book and love supporting you and having awareness around what it really takes and what's possible for you. And if you want some more clarity about what it is that you're creating, how you move forward, how you get support, go to IHeartMyLifeBooking.com. I normally don't share this booking link right here on this episode, but I feel like it's important for you to know that we are here for you to support you and knowing what your options are, how we can help you and how you get to A to Z in your own life and business. So check that out, book a call with my team. We'd love to support you in getting that clarity and I'll look forward to talking to you soon. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.